Hello and welcome to The Ball Bags, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and thanks very much for tuning into this week's episode of The Ball Bags. Delighted to be joined by kind of our, our NFL savant, Rocky. How are you, mate? Hello, Sasquatch. That's very, very generous of you. I'm, I'm just boosting you up before I strip you down throughout the episode. Yeah, look forward and to it. Being thankfully, we didn't, we didn't scare him away last week, but I think after an impressive debut, I'm delighted to welcome back the Chief. How I'm good, Sasquatch. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, I... Have a strong dose of the man flu. And while a lot of people are concerned, I'm a bit tougher than most, so I think I will uh, I'll manage to pull through. But uh, yeah, no, I'm all good. Um, yeah, so I suppose, look, the format, as explained last week, is going to be tried and tested throughout season three. Um, so it's last week's player of the week, a bit of discussion around that. Agree to disagree where we just bring a, a talking point from the world of sport, bring it around the table, bring around the guests uh, appearing at that stage. And then finally, just we're just going to give our fixture that you have to watch this weekend that we feel is going to be the game of the weekend. It's difficult, uh, as always, to kind of predict that one, but look, we'll go with it anyway. So without much further ado, player of the week, gents. And I think it's yourself, Chief, to lead us in nicely to the weekend yeah so my player of the week comes from my must watch game uh, the Ireland South Africa game and uh, there was plenty of options to choose from in this game but I've gone with James Lowe um, just yeah he was outstanding and even for that tackle on Etzebeth alone it's a highlight reel yeah I think Regardless of what player came from that game, it would be hard to argue against. Um, obviously, myself and Rocky may have a, a job in our hands to persuade the, the listener and yourself otherwise. But uh, yeah, look, what a incredible performance. Uh, an incredibly proud uh, moment for the Irish sports fan. Um, if for nothing else, the rendition of Zombie at the end. Uh, I think Very it's true. up there. Yeah, uh, myself. Look, low hanging fruit. Um, I, you had got your Irish rugby recommendation in ahead of ahead of me. So, I've gone with Kieran Trippier. Um, albeit maybe not the best opposition, but huge win for Newcastle on the weekend, eight nil against Sheffield United. Um, and look, Sheffield United were brutal, but it's still Premier League caliber opposition, and he's still chipped in with three assists I just thought do you know what credit where it's due he probably gets omitted a lot for all he does but I think he's fast becoming the best fullback maybe not the best fullback but one of the best fullbacks in the competition so I said I give him his dues um, but more than comfortable to be batted away uh, as the overall player of the week yeah fair point finally very good yeah very good um, my player of the week, I selected Al <laughs> Tua Lipa, Tua Tonga Valoa. Uh, obviously, piloted the Dolphins to that 
pretty impressive win over the Broncos, scoring 70 points and putting up about uh, nearly 800 yards of offense. Kind of two records that's kind of stood since for about 75 years, since the 1950s. So um, probably not to be expected going forward, but nonetheless, a pretty impressive week uh, for two as he keeps building his he's first in MVP, the MVP odds as well. So a uh, solid building onto that. Yeah, fair. Um, if we had to pick one, I'm going to stake my case first, gents, and I'll leave it to you to stake your case for whoever you feel is the player of the week. I'm obviously going to go with the Chiefs' recommendation. I think Kieran Trippier and, and Tua, they kind of both fall in, into the same category. Yes, they, they had a phenomenal performance, but the calibre of opposition probably is a detracting factor whereas I think it's one versus two in the world and one one so that's where I stand anyway but more than happy to listen to arguments or Um, allegations do you want to do you want to state your case next chief or do you want me to go ahead I think uh, Sasquatch pretty much hit the nail on the head with it um, in terms of low like he he was outstanding in that game um he you know tackling his clearance kicks everything it was there um you could argue to it but i think yeah as sasquatch said the caliper of opposition he was up against it you know so i'm nailing my flag to the mast and going with james low i am going to argue to a um, of course, I I can't say anything bad about James Lowe or his performance. I would probably just point out the comment you made in your pitch, Chief, just that there's a number of players in that game that could have been selected for the player of the week. And to uh, I know he's he's one of eleven on the offense, but he you know he's just the 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 caliber of record that he set for me. I think is it's a sort of a monumental event um but again i'm not gonna put up much of a fight because i can't can't really um override a two versus one vote but my vote would be for two i just just think a lot of them yards came from the running back position as did a lot of points that's all i'm saying that's true do you know what i mean and there's only one quarterback Um, no look absolutely that's that's (laughs) very true um but it hasn't happened in 75 years and it happened to Tua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough, fair enough. But I think, um, are we giving it to James? You're going to agree with James Lowe, Yeah. It's a solid argument. Um, and given given his injuries last year, it's it, it's nice record for him to have. But I'm still sticking yeah. with James Lowe. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I don't think the listeners are tuning in for a little wee uh, circle jerk every week, so I thought I'd put up a bit of a fight. Good stuff, good stuff, Mary Duff. Um, yeah, well, look, I suppose that takes us on nicely now to agree to disagree. So this is where we hope there's a bit of an argument. And I think, again, Chief, it's yourself to deputise. Yeah, so my agree to disagree is the Chicago Bears have started 0-3 and have now gone 13 straight losses since their last league victory. 
is it time to change the coaching ticket or bench Justin Fields or do they stick with one or both? Put it to you. Um, That's a tough one. Fans of uh, fans of the other production on uh, on the network, Huddleston's out will be uh, be licking their lips if they're anti Chicago sports. So fair play to you, Chief. Um, now look, I think I actually touched on it in the episode during the week. The last winning record the Bears had, I think, was 2015 and 2016, and they sacked Lovey Smith on the back of a 10 and six season. I think organizationally they're an absolute mess. So, are, is is benching of Justin Fields or the removal of a head coach really going to change it? And when you look at kind of the roster build and the roster management, I don't know. There are a few things I do know. Justin Fields hasn't developed since he got to the Chicago Bears. He, for me, has a lot of the intangibles, the natural kind of athletic ability he can throw it's it's maybe not the throws you want he's maybe not the small kind of 10 8 yard throws here and there he probably does have a tendency to look for the large over the top play, uh, throw which I don't always think you have in the Chicago roster for me I think it's 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 more a case for upper level management that needs to be cast aside. Manager, I'm not overly convinced on either. Um, I, I don't know if I know the solution to the, the Chicago Bears problem at present, which is a, is a shame because, touching this a few times, they are one of my soft spot sporting organizations worldwide around. Um, incredibly influential in the history of the NFL, um, George Hallis, for example, like the NFC Championship is the, the George Hallis Trophy. It is, they're a, they're a classy organization, historically speaking, even if not right now. Um, yeah, I've, I too would have had a soft spot for Chicago since the, I suppose the Cubs in 2015 sort of ended their World Series drought. Um, I don't know where you start with Chicago. I think they're a bit of a mess all over the place. I think their O-line is very poor. It's not just Justin Fields. Um, it's not just the coaching. I think the, the general manager in the front office has not done a super job assembling the team. I think the O-line's not great. There are 59 players currently with more sacks than the entire Chicago Bear team. Um not great. Obviously, they made a kind of a bit of a shrewd move in the draft, moving back from one to uh, nine and then to ten later on, um, kind of picking up assets along the way. But I don't think they've capitalized on them. Um, and of course, they're sort of kind of questionable sort of acquisitions in the off season, picking up linebackers and prioritizing linebackers over other position groups. So I don't know. Probably, I'm not sure. Where are we? The second year into um, Matt Eberflus and Ryan Pace. Yes. Yes. So yes. Yeah. Yes. So you know when you kind of have the the dual dual regime change of coach and GM, I would tend to say give it time. Um, 
but I just think uh, you probably would have wanted to see a bit of an upward trend to this point. Yeah, um, yeah. fair point. I, I like big big upheaval last year, changing GM and head coach all all in one off season, and I think though going back to Sasquatch's point about Justin Fields he hasn't developed in, in fact he's probably regressed um, mm. his his confidence seems really low at the moment and I don't know if that's the playbook or just the people in front of him not doing it for him um, which is a big problem but I've uh, I came across some stats they're 32nd in most uh, defensive or yeah defensive uh, stats for the last two seasons the most amount of sacks mm. per game given up and most amount of yards conceded per coverage snap like it's just it's it's like it's just so dysfunctional at the moment and I don't know if a new head coach and offensive and defensive coordinators are going to do it or if it just basically sell 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 up and let someone else try <laughs> my i don't know I, I, I do sorry rocky i was i was just going to say um that we're in year three of the detroit lions rebuild and it's even if we were to look at last year i think there's a big difference as to where the lions were last year and where the the bears are this year um we saw the addition of a few personnel in the overseas in the off season for the the Lions, and you know everybody had them as a contender coming into this year, and the, none of that discourse seems to be going around the the Bears for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose yeah. I I I preface it by saying there's a reason why on the back of Miami's performance. You brought up Tua as your player of the week. And there's a reason why Justin Fields is the problem. Because of the position. And it's the most important position mm. in, sport, in the world of sports, probably. But I do think there's a lot more going wrong in Chicago than Je Justin Fields will ever be responsible for. Yeah. So he's the piece I'd hold on to. Um, what Matt would I hold on to my evil flus? I can't say I'm strongly pro or against. Mm. I think maybe the GM could be under a bit of pressure. Um, but it probably is upper management too as well. I think you have to hang on to just the, one though. I like I, I don't think it's clearly not working with Eberflus and Justin Fields. Unless you're really investing in the quarterbacks coach, but at the moment something's not not meshing. Yeah, fair. Fair. Um Look, the buzzer did go, so I'm going to hand you on to Rocky. <clears throat> okay, we're going to talk about the Chiefs game of the week last week. Um, but in general, we're going to be talking about South Africa and some of their tactics. What do we think of South Africa's much maligned uh, strategy regarding their bench replacements? Particularly at the la particularly as the, the lack of specialists, you know, the, they didn't have a specialist hooker replacement or place kicker really sort of bit them in the game on the weekend it's an interesting one so obviously 
they played that seven one split in one of the the warm up games against the they won the they beat the All Blacks and pretty sad All Blacks and Twickenham yeah yeah it's it's a high reward re- reward uh, high risk I don't think it was the reason they lost against Ireland it it probably was the reason the game was so tight but it wasn't the reason they lost the re- the reason they lost is they left 11 points out there. Um, and as a squad, they don't have uh, the calibre of a goal kicker than, than we typically associate with South Africa. The, the way South Africa previously used to play was very much 10-man rugby and they would have a world-class fly half. Um, that is a goal kicker and probably a little bit boring um, attacking-wise. Like, He's back in the squad now, Andre Pollard. Um, but you think of uh, Maurice Dane, that type of thing. Um, but what Manny Levac, like he obviously kind of got not he didn't get blasted to be fair, but he could have got blasted for the missed kicks and the fact that he's not a goal kicker, and even Fab the Clerk missed a kick. He does so much that's good about South Africa's game right now that it's just a shame he, he doesn't have the goal kick into match. And it's interesting to see that they, they haven't, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, um, they have added Andre Pollard to the squad for this week. Right? I think he's starting. He's he's, yeah. he's down to start against Tonga. So, yeah, he's he's going to hopefully improve their, well, from a South African perspective, hopefully improve their kicking stats. I think I've seen their like 38 percent or something from the t this world cup uh it could be it could be slightly higher maybe 44 percent but like that's a combination of faf de clerk and manny leboc taking kicks in in the three games so far um so it's a tough one on manny though because he i think was 100 percent from the t in that game against the all blacks so he can do it. It's just yeah. he's in a tough spot. Not uh, he just doesn't seem to have brought the kick and tee with him. Yeah, no, like, and the okay. Here's the thing: sometimes people watch only international rugby and they don't watch domestic rugby. And for the Stormers, he can be like that though. He has had spells where. He's kicking well, and then he's gone through. Spe- so he seems like he's a very, very much a form kicker, and he can go through these spells where he's not kicking. But he, we're kind of getting away actually from what the yeah, point is. Yeah, true, we're true. Talking about goal kicking, like what are our thoughts on South Africa's uh, kind of split at seven one? I basically think bring it on. They thought this was. This is very biased now. Rocky like this. It was like. Philadelphia on first and goal what play are they running Italo was very much uh, we're bigger than you we're stronger than you stop us move and and they're fully aware of the consequences if this goes wrong if they get a specialist position namely in the backs injured and they don't have a specialist replacement yeah I think it's just it's just a bold move um you know, halfway through the game, rejuvenate, rejuvenate an entire unit and sort of kind of lead or depending on on the athleticism and the 
the endurance off the, off the backs um, and last in the game. So I don't understand the demonization of it and sort of the the slating that it's been getting. People don't like different. Yeah. The, Basically. They like traditional values. Um, five, three splits and maybe six, two at a push. But I think if they were to play those, uh, if the two were to meet again in the final or whatever, South Africa may go 7-1 again and just have one or two different personnel making up that seven. And yeah. I say, again, like, like Sasquatch, bring it on. That's that's their that's their power move, and it's like yeah, see if you can stop us. It is it is very much a style of play. There's an element to it as well as to who the head coach is. I don't think this is talked about half as much if the Welch are doing it. Yeah, fair fair point. If if it was if New Zealand done it, no one would bat an eyelid. No, For sure. There's, sure. there's two coaches that if they did it, you'd query it, and it would be Razzie and it would be Eddie Jones. Yeah. I would say that only right. anyone's yeah. batting an island. France did it, no one cares. Yeah. So, yeah, no, let them bull away, um, I say, anyway. Right, uh, final point for agree to disagree this week, and it's myself. Um, it's probably a little bit too early to get into the nitty-gritty of it, but it is something we're going to look to cover a bit uh, this season. But October, particularly the end of October, sees the return of the NBA. And there's still a few chips set to fall in terms of roster management and stuff like that, but a pretty sizable chip fell last night, which was Damian Lillard announced his move, or sorry, Woj announced his move, as, as per usual, to the Milwaukee Bucks with... And a bit of the rhetoric has been, are Milwaukee getting the best version of Dame, or is he potentially entering the period beyond his prime? Uh, I, don't know, I think statistically probably one of the best years uh, in, in Portland last year. But following on from Rocky's point last week about players kind of pushing for moves and stuff like this, I just said, I throw a little span on the works and I'll ask the, the blokes... From the world of, of sport, what athlete has wasted their talent the most by being loyal? Um, what, the first one that sort of jumped to my head, and I suppose we'll lump in a, a sport that I don't think we've talked about this year, is uh, Mike Trout in Major League Baseball, um, drafted in 2009 by the LA Angels. He's a three-time MVP. He won Rookie of the Year uh, in 2012. Um, and since his rookie year, or since winning Rookie of the Year, there's been 11 seasons, and they've had a winning season in three of those seasons. Um, after his rookie contract, he went on to sign the largest contract in MLB, but he stuck with the Angels, and many sort of regard it as a bit of a, a wasted career. Not in terms of his own personal achievements, but for what he could have done for a winning team. Fair. Um, from the world of, of like association football, you probably look at maybe someone like Alan Shearer, who for years was at Newcastle, and arguably could have had the titles to follow up with the statistics if he'd maybe pushed for a move away from Newcastle. 
um, trying to think of other notable examples. I think the chief may just be experiencing technical difficulties at present, so we might just kind of rock this ourselves, Rocky. No, I'm still here. If you can, if I'm coming through. Oh, we have. Uh, oh, we can yeah, hear we you. Have. We can't see you. Um, no, the he he got his move this year, but to me, Harry Kane could have been Who? Alan Shearer. Who? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, he he's got his move to Bayern, but he you know, he'll win the Bundesliga. Potentially he might not even go as far as a Champions League final with Bayern. Who knows? But I think he spent a lot of his prime when he could have been winning trophies elsewhere. Um yeah. so yeah, he'll get it he'll get a couple of them now. Um you think it would be exceptional it's the only time I, I, I'd show for it now but if Spurs won like the League Cup this year and Bayern for the first time in 11 years didn't win a trophy it'd be exceptional banter the memes alone would be fantastic yeah and the, and the fact that they lost the was it the pre-season cup in Germany already on his, on his debut yeah <laughs> so yes. like that that was yeah that was prime Harry Kane. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, y- y- there's probably a few around the sports world that arguably it's more than just about loyalty. It's kind of like the NFL is a lot more fluid than it would have been decades past. Like people would always bring up maybe someone like Dan Marino. He's potentially been one of the, the best quarterbacks to never win. Um, things were obviously a little bit different back then. Obviously, you couldn't bring in an inter-county star because it's the the county they're born in. But is there any other kind of examples you can think of? Well, here here's one that might hit a nerve with Rocky. Uh, <coughs> Shawnee Johnston transferring to Kildare there a number of years ago. Yeah, yeah. How'd that Spot go on? From? Yeah. <laughs> That's... You've yeah. hit the nail on the head there, Chief. Absolutely. Do you know, he, he, he tried to get his move and he, do you know, he, he could have won an Ulster if he stuck around. COVID Ulster. Yeah, that was that was embarrassing though. He uh he lost to Calvin against he lost Wickel there against Calvin and then walked home. Yeah. Game was in Calvin. Um the timer hasn't quite gone just there, gents, but I think we're kind of coming to the end on that one. So, moving on, final little segue just to, to get us out. Um, this week's must-see TV, and again, Chief, it is yourself. Yeah, so I've gone for the Premier League this week. Uh, Saturday, Saturday evening at half past five is Tottenham against Liverpool. I think both teams seem to be on pretty good form. Um, it could be could be a good game. Um, obviously, I'm I'm I've no feelings e- towards either team, but come on, Spurs! <laughs> I'll be shouting the other way around. You see, as you think. So yeah, we both be watching and both shouting for the opposite team. Um, fair. Um, my fixture this week is probably not something we're going to get to discuss a lot more in our short season but 
The NRL Grand Final is on this Sunday morning. Half nine, Irish time. It'll be on Sky Sports, I think, main event. Uh, Sky are a little bit poor at launching kind of the NRL, the Rugby League fixtures. But it is Penrith Panthers and the Brisbane Broncos. They have been side one and two all season. It's very rare you get to a, a grand final and it is clean cut. Two best teams in the competition. No arguments, no ifs, no buts, no co- coconuts. And they also have... I think there's one or two injuries, but it's very rare you get to a final and there's not a major injury concern. Penrith Panthers, for those of you that don't follow Rugby League, are going for the first three in a row since 1986. 86 to 88 was the, the three in a row. And the Brisbane Broncos are going for their first title in, I think it is 16 years. They used to be a powerhouse in the 90s. They haven't won in a long time. So it's, there's a lot of kind of narrative behind this game as well so I think it's a must watch uh, but it's a nice way to kick off your, your Sunday morning from the cot if you're lucky enough to have a TV in the cot half nine Sunday morning Sky Sports think main event uh, I, I stuck with the NFL this week uh, I chose the, the 49ers at the Cardinals sort of in the frame of mind that um, 49ers are undefeated kind of looking like top one or two teams in the league and the Cardinals are coming off a, a sweet upset over those um, bastard Cowboys um, that's a Sunday night football an alter- oh no it's it's on the late slate on Sunday an alternative actually and I don't know why I didn't choose this one is the the Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills so keep that in your pockets too yeah or, or the Packers Lions tonight is even just I was yeah Oh, that was brutal. I actually, I actually, you know, I actually judged you a little bit as a human, and rightly so. Bringing that, rightly so. <coughs> yeah, look, I think that concludes this week's episode. That's all from me. It's all from me, and me too. Thank you, and good luck. <laughs>